Did you know that God never intended for us to use our spiritual gifts just within the four walls of the church? Stay tuned for today's podcast as realtor Diane Bishop shares powerful stories about using her spiritual gifts as she sells houses in her realtor business. Beth Jones is an international speaker and author, wife to paramedic Ray, and mom of three beautiful daughters, Heather, Eden, and Leah. Beth also helps aspiring speakers and writers to share their unique message. Beth encourages women to use their gifts for God, fulfilling their purpose and living a life they love. Need a dynamic speaker for your women's conference, retreat, or online event? Contact her at bethjones.net. Welcome to my podcast. This is Beth Jones at bethjones.net, and I'm so glad that you're here today. This is my Women in Business podcast series. I am wrapping it up soon, and I hope it has blessed you. I've learned a lot of new things, and I hope you have too, and it has been fun. And speaking of fun, I'm excited about today's guest. I have known Diane Bishop for many years. She is a woman of great wisdom, and I'm excited that she's joining me here today. Welcome, Diane. Oh, thank you so much, Beth. It's great to hear your voice and to be with you. You too. So would you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and where you live and what you are doing now? Well, I'm Diane Bishop. I live in Battle Creek, Michigan, which is kind of in the center of the lower peninsula of Michigan. And we always say Battle Creek is in the palm of God's hand because it's right in the center point of that mitten that Michigan is um, by its outline. I am married. I am married to my childhood bishop. um, And this is my second marriage. And he is just a wonderful companion and life partner. My first marriage was a good marriage in a lot of ways. I learned a lot, but it was also very rough. There was kind of a lot of pain and unfaithfulness and such going on. So I am now doing real estate with my husband, Herb, and that's what we're here to talk about, I believe. So we're ready. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) Yes. Can you please share about your journey in business? I know in your first marriage that you were a stay-at-home mom. And just kind of tell us how you got to where you are today. I've always been entrepreneurial, even when my children were little and I was a stay-at-home mom, I was always, my mind was always thinking, what can I do to bring in a little more income? Because we really struggled a lot when they were little. There was not a lot. I mean, my husband was working and he was not a college, you know, he didn't make a lot of money. So it seemed like we were always kind of right, just lower middle class struggling. And so I have always looked at what, like what gifts are in me or what abilities do I have? And I have tried to make businesses out of those. So I've done clarinet lessons. I did childcare for about six weeks and decided I didn't like that (laughs) children, but I did not want to babysit other people's kids. I taught baton lessons and developed that into four schools, teaching little girls baton from kindergarten age all the way up to junior high. And really, that was a wonderful experience. I I was in four or five different schools. So I had a pretty full schedule teaching baton and doing performances. At one point, I sold registered Springer Spaniels. I tried doing house cleaning for others, and that lasted for one day. (laughs) (laughs) 
I've done marriage counseling, speaking, writing, a lot of network marketing. Uh, my very first experience was with Amway. And then I've been involved with Manatech and Melaleuca and several other companies. And those companies, those network marketing companies are really good for self-development and for teaching, you know, how to manage your time and how to do Schedule C paperwork, what you can legally write off. So we've also done caregiving because of the point we were in our life when we, we, for a while, we lived in the state of Missouri, and then we relocated back to Michigan to help take care of our parents who were aging. So that led us into in-home senior care. And we did that out of necessity because his hundred, well, his 99-year-old grandma needed a place to stay. So we learned how to tap into the grace of God to take care of a, a spitfire of a grandma. We took care of her for four years until she passed. And then her caregiver came and lived with us and was an older lady. And she got sick last August. And we took care of her till she passed away in December. And at that point, we felt like the Lord said, you're done caregiving. It's time to not you know, mess with that anymore. So the businesses that I've been in have just taught me a lot. But I believe one of the most important things that we've learned, especially doing real estate, is to pursue relationship and to know that relationships are meant to last a lifetime and how to truly care for people. So my husband and I believe that we represent God's kingdom as believers and that we're to impact the world in all that we do. So as his people, we are to impact our culture with the gifts that he's placed in us and with his anointing. So we originally got involved with real estate because grandma was 102 and we knew that she was declining and we had um, received some income from caring for her, but we knew that it was time for the next step. So we began to seek the Lord during the, that time of the pandemic shutdown, we were really saying, Lord, show us what we're to do next. And he, he spoke to our hearts and said, pay attention to what the signs of how I've moved in your life in the past, you know, pay attention to those things I've done in your life. And so, well, what had God done in the past, we realized that it seemed like when we first went into ministry, every place that we lived kept selling. And it was like there was an anointing for sales on us. Even if the house wasn't listed, something would happen and that house would end up, end up selling. So we literally moved five times in five years because every home we rented, somebody would make an offer on it and it would sell. So that was fascinating to us. And then the other thing was that we just felt very convicted about being good stewards. So when we would rent a place, we would always take really good care of it. And we would improve upon it. And if it was dumpy, we would actually invest some of our money in with the landlord's permission. And we would just felt like we were sowing good seed. And so um, these houses would sell. And even one of the local agents in the city we lived in, she would have listings that wouldn't move. And she would invite us to come walk through the house and pray over it. And when we did, they would sell. Wow. So we were just kind of fascinated by that. And so we started pondering real estate and our daughter had also become a realtor two years prior and she was going gangbusters and doing really well. And so, you know, we started picking her brain and asking her, you know, how do we do this? So during the lockdown, we got online, took a course 
registered for the exam. Our exam was delayed because of COVID. So we had to retain the information for about six weeks longer than we wanted to because we really crammed for probably a total of two and a half months before we could take our exam. We thought the exam was really hard. When we went in, we both literally just said, God, if you don't help us pass this, you know, we're you know, we're not gonna. And if you want us to be realtors, you're going to have to help us pass it. And we both passed it on the first attempt, which is pretty cool. Then we selected a brokerage and um, the brokerage that we picked was one that is a completely online brokerage. So we can get licensed in all 50 states or we can travel all over anywhere and not be held down, not have to be in an actual brick and mortar building. And their brokerage fees are much less and their support system is fantastic. So we went with that brokerage because it also allows us a little bit of the network marketing concept where we can build a team of agents and have another stream of income. I wondered how you had gotten into it, if you knew someone that was doing it, if you took classes and training. I want to step back just a minute. Your current husband is Herb, and you're doing the real estate business with him and the MLMs and the other businesses you've done have been with Herb. You were in a first marriage, and that was a very difficult marriage, but through that marriage, God taught you how to be a godly wife, and that's when you were a stay-at-home mom. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about that today, because your story is so powerful. Well, my first marriage, I was married to uh, my first husband for 22 years. And he was kind of a background secret partier, I guess. And, you know, when we had dated, I felt like I compromised a lot on a lot of things as a believer because I'd I'd loved the Lord since I was 12 years old and had given my life to him. So when we got married, I just kind of went into just I went on the straight and narrow. And for one thing, I was I got pregnant. And so I was engaged, we moved the wedding date up, we got married, and I just didn't touch anything that was a, um, you know, I didn't drink, I didn't party, I didn't smoke pot, any of that stuff. I just kind of turned to the Lord and said, I'm just, I want you, God. Well, it was sort of like the party girl he dated suddenly changed. And um, so we went through you know, be, I was so happy to be married, to have my own place to my baby was just gorgeous little boy. And um, I just thought it was such a, it was like inspiring to have children. And so I just decided that I didn't care if I had six kids, I would be thrilled. It, it, I just was like, I was in love with being a mom mm-hmm. and a wife. But the times that we would butt heads would be over things like I wanted to pursue God or go to church and he wouldn't want to, or he might, you know, I'd find out he was partying. And so I would just, you know, read him the riot act. I was just frustrated with, you know, his, like, why aren't you pursuing God? You're the dad of these kids. And we had a baby every two years. We did lose one during pregnancy, which was our third. And that really devastated me. And it made me, you know, I just felt like that, you know, that that wasn't the best, you know, that wasn't God's best. And it kind of drove me to try to get answers. The the marriage being up and down, I, I just, I was really cranky and whiny a lot as a wife. And I pursued the Lord, like, give me, give me some wisdom on what do I do about this mess I'm in, because I didn't want a divorce. I felt like that isn't even an option. So six kids or four kids and a rough marriage. And then the Lord set someone in my life that was a woman that 
her and her husband came to the church we attended, and she was a word speaking, faith-filled, beautiful woman. I mean, physically beautiful. She was stylish. She was classy. She had confidence. And I just looked at her and I thought, you know, I want to kind of be like her. I like how she talks. She doesn't seem to be all emotional and up and down. And so I happened to land behind her at a potluck at the church that was for women. And I, she turned and said, hey, how are you doing? And I was just spewing all this negative, you know, stuff out of my mouth about my life. And she just looked at me and she said, well, if your life isn't producing the harvest that you want, perhaps you should change the seed you're sowing. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like getting punched in the kidneys, you know, she didn't feel sorry for me. She was saying, you know, take responsibility and change your life. And quite honestly, I was, I was mad and I didn't let her know she irritated me, but (laughs) I left that meeting and got in the car and was driving home and, you know, met a train and had a big cry and even looked in the mirror just to see how pitiful I looked and, and said, God, why does it always have to be me? Why is it my responsibility? And just the minute I said that, he said, because you're the one that's listening. Mm. So I went to that woman later, I made an appointment to get with her. And I said, how did you become who you are? And she said, well, I started listening to good word preaching teachers, and I refuse to listen to anyone that speaks unbelief. And she handed me a cassette tape. And um, I started listening to a faith teacher. And as soon as I got done with that, I, I went to her and said, next, give me another one, you know, and began to find look for that, you know, teacher on television. And just really, it made me hungry for the word. Yes. And so I just that's kind of how my walk with God and the truth of his word and standing on it and watching my mouth and, you know, repenting a lot. And then there was a point where things just got worse. So I was claiming the promises of God and I was seeing miracles happen of provision and miracles of healing and just God doing a lot of stuff, but my marriage seemed to be getting worse. So the Lord dropped a book in my path from a marriage counselor and I had been, the book had been something that had come into my life earlier in my life. And I kind of tossed it aside over the years. And this was reintroduced into my life. So I read it because my husband by this point had left. And when he would leave, he, there wasn't cell phones. So he just disappear. And he did this repeatedly. He would just disappear. And, and we would hear, I'm trying to take care of the kids and I don't have money. And So I'd have to believe the Lord for provision and God would take care of us. And I didn't go tell anybody. I tried to keep things just between me and the Lord. And um, so the Lord began to change me as a wife and help me to learn some things that were principles about understanding men that were godly principles. And I began to change and apply those principles. And it, it really made, threw me into the arms of the Lord more, depended on him to change me and then my husband came back and I had changed a lot. So we had about eight more years together and God blessed us and gave us a new home and our children were graduating and things were going really good. But he, his addiction was getting stronger in him and therefore he was kind of turning away from the Lord more. And I went to the Lord after, I think it was our 21st year of marriage and said, hey, what's going on, Lord? What's, you know, something's not right. And he just, the Lord said, I'm going to bring him to a crossroads and make him choose. And if he chooses me, it'll determine the future of your marriage. And I just suddenly knew he wouldn't choose God. And it wasn't because I didn't claim it. It was because 
I just had a knowing. And I, I really just kind of fell on my face before the Lord and said, oh, God, you know, this isn't the testimony I want. I want a testimony of you can do anything. But what happened was the Lord brought him exactly what the Lord had said. He brought him to a crossroads, um, made him choose. He chose to say, I don't want God. I don't want my marriage. I just, I want to go. And he left. And so we did divorce and didn't have, you know, we weren't yelling and screaming at each other. It was probably a pretty peaceful divorce, but he did not want to be married. So that's kind of my story. And I wondered, gee, how's God ever going to use me now that I'm divorced? And I just continued to um, try to be around believers, get into a good church. God still used me. My gift was still in me. And then he introduced me to Herb. And I really wasn't looking. I didn't want to date. I didn't want to get into that whole scene. But Herb was from my youth group. And he came for a visit from Missouri to Michigan, and we were reintroduced and just struck up a really fast friendship. And we met in August, and we were married in March. And then from there, I relocated to live in Missouri where he was. So that's where I met Beth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And has used Diane so powerfully in my life with marriage and being a step-parent. And she and Herb had the most beautiful marriage, such a close, healthy marriage. They just have an incredible marriage, and it's really inspired me. So God taught Diane to be a godly wife in her first troubled marriage, and she applies that now with her husband now. And it's just, and he's he's very good to her, too. They, they're a beautiful couple. So now y'all are actually working together in real estate. Some couples couldn't do that. So tell me more about the real estate. Y'all went through the training. Your daughter taught y'all about the real estate business. And now y'all are doing that full time, correct? Correct. We're about to start our third year. Our first year, we spent a lot of time the first four to six months just learning. Because even though you get your license, there's so much to learn. And we didn't have a lot of clients and we, we didn't really know how to get clients. You know, you, you have this circle of influence, but you don't want to drown people in, hey, sell, you want to sell your house? And so you're trying to figure out, well, how do I navigate this? And we also had uh, COVID that we battled. So we got our license in August and then started the education process. We did have one client that I actually let go of. Um, because it wasn't a good fit, which was funny because to say I fired my first client just sounds horrible. But they said that I wasn't a real realtor till I fired my first client. So I just got that over with right away. (laughs) And then we got COVID. And so we were sick and then grandma died. And so we had these personal things that were really obstacles to get over. And we continued to mentor and continue to you know, learn. So after we had been in from September, October, November, December, in January, I said to Herb, we got to do something to get the inertia out of our life because it feels like we're just locked up. And so we began to purchase leads. We just generated a lot of new clients, got to know people and just would get out there and show houses. And if we didn't have a showing, we would go do an agent preview on a house just to get us into the field going through the motions and just believing that we were going to have, you know, a sale. And we did finally have our first sale in March. So it took us a while because, you know, real estate kind of gets slow in February and March. Anyways, we had our first 
closing in April. And then we had, you know, we just would continue with these leads and get out there and show houses, had our second closing the next month. And then all of a sudden things began to take off. And we had our very first listing. And this just tells you how God just shows off because our very first listing was a $700,000 farm that was absolutely gorgeous. Wow. We had, we actually got that lead off of a lead purchase, uh, purchasing site. And we first met her in February and we nurtured her and built relationship with her through March, April. They listed in May, the house pended right away and the buyer backed out of it over the 4th of July and just said they didn't want it. And these, this couple had already purchased another house. So it was the potential of two it was a million dollars in real estate or a million and a half that was about to go down the drain. And we went before the Lord and said, we we're asking you to give us a buyer and the, and to give us favor with the listing agent of the second house. And that lady said, I'll give you three days. And I just, I really want this to work. So we had a lot of favor with this listing agent and we just went before the Lord and asked him to give us a buyer. And then he just told us just to praise him. So we spent the whole 4th of July weekend worshiping the Lord and just thanking him that he was sending us a buyer. The day after the holiday, the phone rang and it was the buyer for that house. We took him and showed him the house. And we actually got both sides of that deal of that $75,000 house. We were the listing agent and the buyer, which is just unheard of to do both sides, to have God supply that, to have him. And then as a result of him providing that buyer, it saved the second house also. And it was a testimony to that listing agent that when you're dealing with Herb and Diane Bishop in real estate, that there's an anointing. Yes. I mean, it was just an anointing that was on us. So things really took off and and have been pretty busy all last August and September and right through the winter. We really never have had too much of a slow time. I think we got a little bit slow this March and then things picked back up. And so we, we feel like our second year has been very productive, very effective. We've met a lot of people and we try really hard to stay in touch with our clients even after we close to, because we feel like these are, well, we feel like it's our congregation. We feel like these people are people that God has given us that we're to impact with our life. Yes, that reminds me of the word marketplace ministry. A lot of people think the spiritual gifts, if they believe in them at all, are to be used only inside the church. And that is not true, right? totally believe in marketplace ministry and that favor you were talking about that can open so many doors. God's favor is amazing. Well, it's just like this Sunday, we made a decision and and this might rock some religious boats, but we made a decision (laughs) to go to church, but to go do a showing. And we met a new couple that just the anointing was on that situation. And and that house wasn't even going to be a fit. I mean, they wanted to see a junky old $40,000 needs to be tore down house. But that wasn't what it was about. It was about meeting this couple and then beginning to nurture them and build relationship. And our job is to be out there uh, taking the mountains of influence in society. And we do have a call to pastor and to teach. We have an apostolic anointing on our life that opens up regions and opens up sales and opens up things in people's lives. We recognize that. And we've worked in the local church, but 
even when we were doing ministry as associate pastors in our local church, we felt like we had to be out meeting people because it's about relationship. It's about your life touching someone's life. And so we feel like that's a huge part of who we are. And we love to preach and we love to teach, but to be out there and meeting people and adding to our our contacts, not just so we can sell them a house, but so that they know who to call when there's a need. And on our card, it says um, more than realtors. So it says Herb and Diane Bishop, Bishop Team, or BishopExp.com is our real estate website. And then it, it says more than realtors. Love it. So we just, we feel like, like our very first guy that ever bought a house called us and asked us to list his house and help him find another house. And it's only been a year, but God's been all over that deal. And this kid isn't saved. He is expecting a second baby from his girlfriend. And we just keep loving on him and telling him, you know what, we're praying. And what was interesting is 4th of July this year came around and his real estate. So he had list, he had gotten a buyer for his house. We put his house under contract. He purchased another house and his buyer fell through. So the, the house he was purchasing, that agent got wind that his house had fallen through and he got all freaked out. And we found ourselves in the exact same position one year later of two houses that were tied together and we needed a buyer and we needed a miracle. And it was exactly one year ago. And so we just went back to the Lord, asked him for a buyer. And we told this kid, we want you to just see yourself swimming in your new swimming pool and having that everything has worked out just fine, that God's got this. And so he said, okay. And we just went back to the Lord, said, bring us a buyer. And we just praised the Lord. And sure enough, he brought us a buyer and those two deals got saved. And I'm like, I hope we don't have to do this next for the <laughs> It's not... Amazing. Miracles is my one word for 2022. He is a miracle working God. And I love how God is using y'all showing that you can use your gifts in the ministry. I mean, in the marketplace. This morning, I was thinking of a verse, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. And then I read, I read it in my devotional this morning. So it's Proverbs 18, 16. God's gifts will make room for you. And I believe he's doing that with you and Herb now in real estate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you'll go out, we'll go out. Like there's a lady that asked if I would just meet with her. Cause she said, there's something about your life. I, I don't know. I just, I want to grow in my relationship with God. Can I meet with you? So we've been meeting and having coffee and just letting the spirit of God lead in those conversations for probably six or eight weeks. And here we're sitting in the restaurant and she says, well, hey, to the waitress, you need to have her be your realtor. She says, okay. And so, (laughs) you know, sometimes you're there thinking you're just doing, you're using your gift and God knows you have needs and he provides. Yes. So I love that having coffee with someone. I have a friend in Canada, Doreen Penner. She has, I call it a coffee ministry, just having coffee with the lady, you know, just talking and sharing hearts. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, You know, other than you might have to drink water once in a while so you don't get too hyper. (laughs) So what are a few of the joys and the challenges that you have found in being a woman in business? 
I'm not sure if it has to do with being a woman, but one of my greatest challenges is individuals who struggle with women because maybe they had a a dominating mom or they had their wife cheat on them because people carry the, basically they carry their wounds. They carry the demons that are associated with the oppression in their life. And I find that one of the greatest challenges is just to to actually see behind what's really going on, to see the real that's going on behind the physical. Um, it's not a challenge. I just have to make the decision that this is bigger than this person having a reaction, probably dealing with either a wounded soul or I'm dealing with somebody that's oppressed just by a wicked spirit. And one of the things that is a challenge is recognizing that, just discerning the spirit that's behind this operating. And then once we recognize that, we just take authority over it because we walk, we are God's kingdom people. We walk with a kingdom perspective that his governing influence is ruling in our life. And everywhere we go, that influence is spilling over. So we walk in authority as God's people and we overcome And so I think, like, I defer to Herb. If I see that, like, another agent or a person does not respond to me as a woman, then I defer to Herb. And I I back off, and I just have more of a quiet, abiding presence. Mm -hmm. And I smile, and I take authority and intercession (laughs) over (laughs) that situation, one of the things that we deal with a lot because real estate deals with people's money is the spirit of fear gets on people. And if if you have, or I'm not saying you, but if a person has been small-minded and hasn't has always lived in poverty, has always lived in lack, and then they get a nicer place, a more spacious place, a broader place, if they haven't grown on the inside to receive it, they'll actually try to sabotage their own deal. Mm. because they're small-minded on the inside. So they were going to manifest a small-minded house. Whereas like, and I'm just thinking we had a, we had a couple that had a a home, you know, a a fairly nice home, but they were buying this beautiful home that was like a $375,000 house, really spacious, really beautiful, opulent, met their needs, absolutely gorgeous house. And they came in and spent a long time looking the house over. I mean, they were looking for any little nook and cranny that wasn't right. Ended up putting in an offer. They accepted their offer. And they struggled so hard with a lack mentality. So like maybe on the inspection, something was suggested that might cost them $50. And they would fight for that to be done instead of just saying, it's not a big deal. Because maybe the sellers had already spent $500 on stuff that really wasn't necessary, but they did it just to be nice people. And then these people would argue over a $50 or something and, and pout and act just miserable. And we knew that behind all of that was the enemy just trying to keep them bound up and to, they were fearful. So we had to do a lot of spiritual warfare over that situation. And we often do because people are where they are. And until they grow on the inside, it's hard for them to get into a more spacious place. I think we're our our own worst enemies when it comes to poverty, lack, or letting fear bind us. I agree with that. Let's talk about that for just a minute. For someone that does have a lack poverty mindset, what would be some tips you would have to overcome that? Well, you know, to change, to change on the inside, I always say start with the word because it's incorruptible seed. And we're actually made of dirt. So when you hide the word in your heart, your heart is created to cause it to grow. 
but your imagination is a huge part. And I don't think, you know, much is taught about this. This is what I'm writing my book on, by the way, Beth, is um, my book is going to be called Imagine That. And it is, I've started writing it because I'm so passionate about this topic because there's a lot of believers that are grabbing the promises of God and they're quoting them or they're saying them or they're saying, yes, I believe, but they never ever visualize that promise manifesting. They don't, like they'll say, my God supplies all my needs. And then they'll either talk about their problems or they'll meditate on their problems or they'll see themselves or their checkbook and they'll be constantly looking at the balance that's negative or low, but they're not seeing, they're not imagining, they're not using their imagination, which is their productive production center to produce the vision of where God intends them to be. So um, for a person that is got a lack mentality, you start with meditating on the word, but you need to imagine the word also. So what does it look like to have all your needs met? What does it look like to have more than enough money for the month? What does it look like? Imagine yourself having so much that you can invest in other people. You can pay someone else's house off. You can buy someone else a car. You can take someone shopping. You can take someone out to dinner and it's not a burden. And so you, you know, if you take time to imagine that your imagination, the word imagination is the word yet, sir, which is womb. So your imagination is your womb for the word. And that's where things grow. So I would, my advice would be if you're struggling with poverty or lack or sickness or fear or any other struggle that you begin with the word, but you take that next step and you imagine it. And then you line your mouth up with it and say, let it be done. Let it be so. I was just thinking that speaking it, speaking the word. Yes. And then watch what you're talking about, because just because you have a close friend that you can gripe with and she'll love you anyways, doesn't mean that you're not releasing idle words. And the Bible exhorts us to be careful what we're saying, because we give an account for every idle or inoperative word. So we were created in the image of God. God is a creator. We're supposed to be taking our messes and we're supposed to be seeing things changed. Just as God looked at darkness and didn't go to his best bud and say, hey, Jesus, it's really dark. Isn't this awful? He said, let there be light. And then he saw and it was light. And so we need to have that step of imagination lining up with the word so that we can conceive and birth change. Yes. And our words have great power and authority. So what is one or two tips that you might give someone who desires to be a woman in business? We'll close with that. Okay. Know the King, be intimate with God, develop listening to him daily, you know, hear what he has to say to you and actually believe it and do it. And then um, I guess the second tip would be, you know, easy does it, I guess is the phrase I would use that sometimes we think we got to scramble around and do and push and drive. and I think we skip that step of visualizing things happening easily and coming freely because if, you know, we'll say, well, the circumstances look like the market's drying up or this thing is too hard for me to do. And before you even begin to do it, if you'll stop and see yourself as a successful business person and see that everything in your, and again, I'm going to talk about imagination because it's so powerful. See it coming easily. See it coming. See clients coming to you. See people liking you. See that they want what you have to offer. And just spend a few, it doesn't even take very long at all, just 15 seconds of releasing that out of the inside of you. And then just take time to do that. 
So when you when you have a difficult situation before um, you know before you get all wrapped up in it and get all emotional, stop and see see the end from the beginning. That's what the Lord does. He sees the end from the beginning. Um, just a quick example of this: I stopped to see my mom and stepdad with her. A week ago, and mom was just in, she was just, I can't find this piece of paper. I can't find it anywhere. And she was sitting in a chair and she was going through this whole pile of papers and just freaking out. And I came up behind her and put my arms around her. I said, hey, just stop for a minute. And she said, okay. And I said, close your eyes. And I want you to see that you found that piece of paper and you're on the other side of looking for it. And doesn't it feel good to have found that piece of paper? And she said, okay, I can see it. And I said, okay, good. And she flipped two more sheets and there it was. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Always pray for God to bring delight like the woman that lost her coin and rejoice with her friends. Yes. Yes. So for the listeners, Diane not only does real estate, but she is, as she mentioned earlier, she is a speaker. She is such an anointed speaker and teacher. And I would encourage you to consider having her at your event, your conference retreat or online event or on your podcast. Diane, it's been a pleasure to have you here with me today. I could always talk with Diane for hours. She's just <laughs> filled with wisdom. And she is, like I said earlier, a lot of fun. So, Diane, how can people find you online if they want to connect with you? Well, our website is kingdombuilders.rocks. So you can connect through that or you can go, um, you can actually, I guess I would say that's the best way of reaching us as far as an online presence. Real estate wise, if you want to connect through that, it's bishop, B-I-S-H-O-P-E-X-P.com. And that would be how you would connect there. Or you can just call me. Area code 269-223-1497. Okay, well, thank you for coming today, Diane. It's been great. And I just pray God's abundant blessings on you and Herb and your business and in your ministry. So thank you all for listening today. This is Beth Jones at BethJones.net. You can find my Amazon author page at Amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Beth and Jones. Be blessed and have a beautiful day and I will talk to you later.